Topic 22, Second Paper of 20th Century Negro Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shasta, Oakland, California. 20th Century Negro Literature topic twenty two second paper by professor e l blackshear what is the negro teacher doing in the matter of uplifting his race professor e l blackshear was born in montgomery alabama in eighteen sixty two he was educated in the negro public schools of montgomery so rapid had been his progress that he graduated from Tabor College at the age of 18. Professor Blackshear is now principal of Prairie View State Normal School and Industrial College of Texas. The following is the testimony of Professor Blackshear concerning his grandmother. These words give us a glimpse of the bright side of slave life and the ideal mammy of the antebellum southern plantation home Quote, my grandmother was a remarkable woman she idolized my mother the only child that slavery had allowed her to keep when grandma was sold from georgia to alabama the humanity of her georgia owners caused them to sell mother and child to the same people my grandmother although ignorant had a profound belief in education but if she knew absolutely nothing of the world of letters she had something as good perhaps better a warm honest loving heart and christian principles she had genuine hatred for dirt and disorder a regard amounting to a fearful reverence for white people of quality and a great and ill-disguised contempt for common shiftless darkies and low-bred whites she was the best type of the faithful and efficient slave but it was as a cook that grandma reputation was known in two states to my youthful imagination she was a magician things she cooked for the white folks seemed so good to me i think now of the batter cakes the light rolls the syllabub the sally lun the ship ships and the wafers grandma made the light bread she made is made no more it is a lost art an art that died with grandma Unquote. when the negroes were set free the first aim of thousands was to learn to read and write gray-haired veterans of the plantations sat side by side in the day schools as well as in the night schools with the smallest pickaninnies 
and all seemed eager to learn the mysterious arts of the schoolroom the school book in the eyes of the unlettered slave was a sort of fetich to which he attributed the power of the white man the young slave could follow his master to the door of the schoolhouse but thus far and no farther the mysterious rites and ceremonies which went on within were forbidden him human nature has ever been curious to know that the knowledge of which is prohibited and so the slave had a great curiosity to master the printed page and to be admitted to the privileges of the schoolroom it was not surprising that the whole race tried to go to school and it need not surprise us if in the enthusiasm for book learning from which the race had been so strictly debarred too much stress may have been placed on mere book learning and too much confidence placed in the formal processes of the schoolroom but better even this exaggerated enthusiasm than indifference to all education of the schoolroom the race would soon learn that the blue-back webster's speller was not the magic wand that would turn all troubles and difficulties into success and prosperity that the ability to spell b a b a k e r k e r baker would buy no bread of the baker while the power to read do we go up by it was painful praiseworthy effort would help the ex-slave but little as he strove to go up by the dangers ahead of him but they went to school all of them at first or all that could possibly do so either by day or by night it is not recorded that the chickens of that time had rest but it must be that they did for verily in the first mad rush of letters even chickens must have been forgotten by a race whose predilection for them has furnished the point for many a joke as well as the occasion for painful if not indignant regret on the part of those whose fowls may have been abstracted and it is a hopeful sign for the future of the negro that while his first wild enthusiasm for the schoolhouse has been moderated his real desire for educational improvement continues strong and steady he will go to school the public school when he can and the higher institutions for his race are all filled to their capacity and are expanding will not this first for knowledge on the part of a so lately savage race bear good fruit both for the negro and for humanity but who were to teach these black fanatics seeking initiation for the first time in the long and gloomy history of their race into the mysteries 
eleusinium of a modern and to them totally foreign cult a faithful band of christian missionary white women gave answer by coming in the face of an inevitable social ostracism to light the torch of thought in a region hitherto unblessed by a single ray of education's light the first negro schools were taught by these white ladies at charleston at atlanta at montgomery at new orleans at austin and at the other great centers of the south's negro population the success of the first labors of this devoted band led to the foundation of permanent institutions for the elementary and later for the normal and collegiate instruction of the negro youth at nashville at atlanta at raleigh at memphis and at new orleans institutions were founded which have become great schools and have contributed beyond measure to the process of civilizing the negro as a mass a process confessedly still far from completion complicated and annoying as the race problem assuredly is and will be for years to come at the south it would be far worse much farther away from even a hopeful degree of solution but for the work done by the missionary colleges the missionary schools of which fisk atlanta straight roger williams and central tennessee may be taken as types furnished the first negro school teachers and the negro owes to these schools founded and maintained in the spirit of the purest christian philanthropy a debt he can never repay in either kind of equivalence the nearest like payment he can make is to imitate the beautiful pure devoted lives of the missionary teachers too much cannot be said in praise of their labors perhaps if only the missionary christian teachers had come and the political missionaries had remained at home all might have been better but the missionary schools could reach but few how was the great mass of the colored population to be educated this was the question and it was a most serious one but the answer came not from the federal government as some expected that source from which so many had looked to get the mythical mule and the legendary forty acres it came from the south from the wasted resources of the former master history furnishes no precedent as it affords no parallel to the action of the ex-slaveholders a dominant race in entering at once before any opportunity had been afforded for recuperation from the losses of the civil war on the expensive work of giving a public school system to their former slaves now technically at least 
their political equals and nothing can be gained by the negro in refusing gratitude to the south for this most magnanimous act and policy an instance of this unselfish policy of the south in its attitude toward negro education is seen in the history of texas the most liberal as well as the most progressive of the southern commonwealths the constitutional convention of eighteen seventy six which of course was democratic framed the present state constitution of texas and in it absolutely equal provision is made for both the elementary and the higher education of the negro youth of texas and it is to the credit of texas as an enlightened state as well as fortunate for her negro population that in the distribution of the magnificent school fund of the state no discrimination is made between the races the negro public schools are doing a great work for the elevation of the colored people in a silent unobtrusive way these schools are leavening the thought and life of the race the status and progress of the negro are too commonly engaged by the deeds of the loafing and the criminal element the honest law-abiding negro who has a home is getting a little property has a small bank account and is educating his children to useful citizenship attracts little or no attention but a race that has in a generation since chattel slavery gotten property worth by reliable estimate upward of four hundred million dollars has been doing something all of such a race are not either lazy vicious or immoral the public school is doing effective work for the negroes of the south in awakening in them a desire for better ways of living and higher ideals of conduct much remains to be done but that already accomplished is an earnest for better work yet to be done the negro public school teacher has been more than a mere school keeper no class of educators in any race has done more all things considered the colored teacher has been a herald of civilization to the youth of his people his superior culture and character have acted as a powerful stimulus to the easily roused imagination of the colored youth and the black boy feels in the presence of the black professor to him the embodiment of learning that he too can become something at first he does not know what that something is but he determines to be somebody and to make a place and a standing for himself in the world in this way the colored school teacher is leading his race up from slavery that is from the slavery of ignorance and superstition 
of intellectual and moral inertia of aimlessness and shiftlessness into the freedom of intelligence of energy ambition and industry lincoln removed the formal yoke of a legal bondage but the colored teacher is helping his race to get free a second time from the bondage just as galling the bondage of intellectual and moral blindness and of industrial independence booker t washington is such a teacher a teacher indeed and a leader of a race and what mr washington himself a product of the missionary schools is doing in a large way as the teacher and leader of the entire race in america hundreds yea thousands of colored teachers in city and village in the malarial river bottoms and among the pine-clad hills are doing in a local but no less effective though less comprehensive way these colored men and women many of whom are people of genuine culture and character are giving their lives to the upbuilding of a race and it is for them a labor of love these teachers teach by example as well as by precept their homes are models in neatness and refinement that are readily imitated by the other colored people of the community it is to the credit of the colored teacher that he is with rare exceptions a model in his moral conduct and home life and sets a high standard for his race which they invariably some of them seek to follow the colored teacher too has always been conservative and has been the wise adviser of his people himself dependent on the sentiment of the best white people of the community he has usually won the confidence and respect of the white people and they in turn have given him their moral support in the work of improving the minds morals and habits of the negro youth of the community in this way it is throughout the entire south the best white people of the community by maintaining public schools for the negro youth and by cooperation with the colored teacher and often by personal interest in the work of both teacher and pupil are actually aiding most effectively if not really directing the educational development of the colored race it is also greatly to the credit of the colored teacher in the south that he has not gotten above his race or tried to leave them but has remained at his post and in his place doing the duty providence has assigned and content to leave results to god and the future end of topic twenty two second paper